Welcome back to the Netflix Club Podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Noah. And uh, today, the theme of our episode is Netflix original documentaries. The first part of our series, this one is going to focus on their art documentaries. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about Netflix news. What are you laughing over there? I don't know. You're just, just the way you're talking right now. Okay. <laughs> Sound like an NPR host. Oh, keep hey, that's going. what I'm going for. That's good. Wait, wait, don't tell me. What? As an NPR podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, this, we missed our last week. I feel like we should address that. We missed last week. Did you tweet anything or did we not? Uh, I have lost uh, access to our Twitter account. <laughs> I forgot it's a rogue the email. Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's a rogue Twitter. Uh, but we, we uh, missed last week because we were both in Chicago and we totally forgot to record an episode prior. So, we apologize for that. So, we're going to cover a whole lot of stuff for what's coming and, or what came and is coming to Netflix in these past and next couple weeks. So February 7th, we have Michael Bolton's big sexy Valentine's Day special, which I saw like a little sneak peek of that on like one of the talk, one of the late night talk shows. It actually looks really funny. February 8th, we have, uh, I'm going to just highlight a few of these, uh, Girls, or Girl Asleep. February 10th, we have David Brent, Life on the Road. David Brent is the equivalent of Michael Scott for the UK office with Ricky Gervais, I believe. Ah, okay. Um, I think that's... So it's like a spinoff? Yeah, a little bit. All right. And it's supposed to be about kind of poking fun at, like, the 2016 election, kind of, because, like, he, I don't know. I haven't watched it, but uh, it sounded funny. Also, Ricky Gervais is really good. Um, February 11th, we have Stronger Than the World. Um, February 12th, we have Clouds of Sills Maria. February 13th, Code Debugging the Gender Gap. Um, and Magician's Life in the Impossible. February 14th, Valentine's Day, we have Girlfriend's Day. Catherine Ryan in Trouble, King Cobra, and White Knights. February 15th, we have Aram Aram, or Aram Aram, um, Before I Go to Sleep, uh, Fire Song. February 16th, we have Milk and Sundown. February 17th, we have Kill Ratio. February 19th, we have Growing Up Wild. February 23rd, we have Sausage Party, which I think is, I, I can't wait to watch it, actually. I mean, a lot of people were upset with it, but I think it's going to be really funny. I really like Seth Rogen. I agree. Um, February 24th, we have I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, which I'm so excited to see. That's is the, that is that like a relatable thing? Or? That's the Sundance film that won like best Sundance picture. Um, and it's got like Elijah Wood, and it was directed by the guy oh, from yeah. oh, what's his name? I know what you're talking I about. I can't remember the guy from Green Room and uh, Blue Ruin, and I can't remember his name right now, and it's really gonna bother me. But it's him, and it won like best film at Sundance, and I'm super excited to see it. Sweet. Um, so yeah, that's tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, as of when we're filming this, um, Ultimate Beastmaster also February 24th, February 26th, Night Will Fall. Um, February 27th, Brazilian Western. February 28th, uh, Mike Birbiglia, Thank God for Jokes. He's a really good comedian. He does a lot of, like, he kind of, like, tells more of a story through his specials um, than, like, just normal comics, like, just jokes. Really good. Really enjoyable. And then, starting March 1st, we have Angry Birds Season 2, Blazing Saddles. Wait, what? Angry Birds got a show? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I watched a few of them over Siblings Weekend when my little brother was here. Okay. I mean, that's what you'd expect. All right. That that sounds about right. (laughs) Uh, Blazing Saddles, Chicago, Deep Run, Dirt Every Day, Epic Drives. I'm sorry, Dirt Every Day Season 1, Epic Drive Season 2. Friday After Next, Head to Head Season 2, Hot Rod Unlimited Season 1, Ignition Season 1, Impossible Dreamers, uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 3. Uh, we're not going to watch Jurassic Park 2, apparently. He's got to jump that right gap. That one? Unless that someone's already on there. Uh, Kate and Mim Mim Season 2, Know Your Enemy, Japan, Kung Fu Panda, the actual the first movie. One? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let There Be Light, 
Memento, which we should probably watch for an episode, actually. That's really good. Or it's supposed to be really good. Uh, Midnight in Paris, Nacho Libre, Nazi concentration camps. Kind of a jaunting difference between those two movies. Yeah. Roadkill Season 2, San Pietro, Singing with Angels, Sustainable, Slums of Beverly Hills, The Craft, This is Spinal Tap, Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. That's a really good, like, funny musical type movie. It's not really a musical, but it's like they have a lot of music in it. That's Tenacious D's music. It's really funny. Oh, right here. The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Is that the second one? Yeah, that's the second one. So it's funny they have Jurassic Park 1, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 3. And then, like, down at the end of the list, then it's Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World. Yeah. That's odd. Well, it's not even Jurassic Park 2. It's just The Lost World. Well, I mean, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. But uh, The Memphis Bell, a story of a flying fortress, The Negro Soldier, Thunderbolt, Tunisian Victory. That's all March 1st. March 3rd, we have Greenleaf Season 1, Safe Haven uh, on March 4th. Uh, March 5th, we have Sonora Acero Season 3. March 7th, we have Amy Schumer, The Leather Special. Okay. And then that's all the stuff that's coming uh, in the next era that came and is coming in the next week or so. And what's leaving, March 1st, we have, uh, what's leaving, we have Jaws, Jaws 2, Jaws 3, Jaws the Revenge. Didn't realize there was that many Jaws movies. Yeah, there's a ton. Justice League War, Justice League The Flashpoint Paradox, Keeping Up Appearances, Monarch of the Glen, all of their seasons, National Lampoon's Animal House, Robin Hood Seasons 1 through 3, Survivors Season 1 and 2. March 2nd, we have Black or White uh, and Sweetwater leaving. March 3rd, we have Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey leaving. I should watch that next. I haven't seen that. Uh, we also have Misfire and Web Junkie, March 4th, Entertainment, I Dream of Wires, Otto the Rhino, Seashore, uh, The Discoverers, and The Nanny Diaries, March 5th, Food Chains, Jail Caesar, The Days to Come, 200,000 Dirty, March 6th, Pit Stop, Rigor Mortis, March 7th, Hansel and Gretel, those are all leaving on this first week of March. That's quite a lot. Usually there's like the big... Um, batch of movies leaving and coming at the beginning of the month so it's what we expected i feel like it's actually less than what we normally have but also a lot of really good ones that i want to get on and watch again before uh they leave for sure quite uh like specifically uh bill and ted i totally want to see that because i believe they announced that they're working on a third one. Oh yeah they did yeah so that would be really cool to watch and get on it's kind of interesting because uh keanu reeves is kind of coming back into the spotlight yeah. as an actor but the guy that played um I don't remember their names now. Was it Bill? Bill? No, it was Bill. Because Bill S. Preston Esquire. So yeah, Bill. He hasn't really done anything lately, I don't think. So it's going to be interesting to see him. Make a comeback? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he'll be like another action star like John like John Wick. And they'll just, you know, they'll have the two of them. Nope. That would be interesting. <laughs> uh, anyways, I, I, I'm going to have to watch it. Okay, so first of our documentary is, this one is actually a docu-series. It's Tales by Light. It's only in their season one. I'm not sure if they're making any more seasons of it or not. I really hope they do. Yeah, me too, for sure. But it's six episodes. Um, they're about 23 minutes long uh, each, and they're about photography, really. And they all kind of. T- and the interesting is that the overarching theme of kind of the show, or at least the season, is photography, and they each kind of use photography differently to tell like a different story, or they use it differently as an art form. Um, so I want to go through some of the episodes kind of piece by piece. Um, something also to note is that this was like the first show or first Netflix show that was shot in 6K, which I've never even heard of, but that must look amazing if you have a 6K monitor or TV or something. It's 3K times 2. 
and also 4K, which I also don't have access to. But if you have those, you should really watch the show. It's really gorgeous. Um, but the first episode is about Darren Jew, um, and it's about... He, f- he photographs, like, in this episode, he photographs whales. Humpback whales. And uh, he got into some uh, long exposure. Is that what it's called? Long exposure? Uh, something like that. Uh, long exposure. I'm not. We're I don't totally know much about photography. Yeah. Uh, and a long exposure of a sunken plane. It was like a biplane, I think. Yeah. Did they say it was like World War Two, probably, maybe? Something like that. I don't remember. It was, it was one of the wars. But uh, a lot of them. It's really interesting seeing him, like, interact with all these animals. Like, he says in there that he's like, you get much better pictures if the animals are comfortable with you. So that, like, he doesn't force... Like, he doesn't try to disturb them. He tries yeah. to just, like, let them come to him mm-hmm. if they're, like, interested. Uh-huh. Like, if they're curious. They talked about, like, that and, like, how the uh, baby whale was, like, really, like, doing... Hey, Mike. Oh, a little bit? Yeah, we're good. Did you give it a nudge? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's all right. But, yeah, he was talking about, like, how the baby whales were interacting with, like, the, the mama whales... And how, like, it was kind of cool to watch. There was, like, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, back and forth between, like, the photographer and some other dude. And they are like, in the ocean. They are like, talking about it. And they would go over to the actual, like, whales mm-hmm. doing whale things. And I think he talked about in the episode how, like, interesting it is as a photographer. Because he says his favorite thing to photograph is the ocean. And he kind of makes reference to the fact that, like, we have largely uh, not explored the oceans as a whole. Yeah. And, like... The parts, what do you say? The parts that light can receive, we've explored very little of. And then even further, we haven't explored anything like in the depths. So he's like, he thinks it's super like, I don't want to say, maybe, I don't remember exactly what he said. So I don't want to like put words in his mouth, but like how important it is that he's like showing all these people like what, what the ocean's really like and all these unexplored pe- reasons that people, regions that people don't really touch or yeah. see. That was like a bit a big aspect of it. And also it was like the environmental aspect also mm-hmm. where he's talking about the importance of preserving the ocean because mm-hmm. it's the only ocean we really have so mm-hmm. I think a big part of it was him putting these out there to show people to show like how important it is to 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 preserve the ocean and to keep it you know clean because like we're kind of screwing that up a lot yeah so I think that was like a really cool thing to watch with that guy and like how passionate he was mm-hmm. about what he did it's then that goes for like all these photographers for sure mm-hmm. and then do you have any other final thoughts on episode one? I just want to uh, move through them. I really like that episode. Humpback whales are my favorite animal. So oh, really? I really enjoyed They're it. They're actually the biggest animal on the planet. I believe it. I did a report on them in, uh, really? in my senior year. Aren't they beautiful creatures? Yeah, they really, really don't have teeth. Yeah, don't they got like the brushy thingies? Yeah. yeah. It's made out of keratin, which is the stuff that's in your fingernails. That's gross. Yeah. I don't like I mean, I got a that. bunch of other stuff about it too, but I won't uh, load that on the podcast because it's not relevant. That'll be our other podcast, <laughs> uh, Whale Warriors. Isn't that a Discovery Channel show? It's Whale Wars, but close enough. Okay. But yeah, that's that'll be our new podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. Episode two follows Richard. I hit the mic again. I'm sorry. Uh, episode two, Richard Lanson. And I'm not sure if I pronounce his name exactly, but... And that covers um, him photographing snow leopards. Well, he tried to photograph he, the snow leopards, and he didn't. He didn't actually get the photos because they're in the region. What they say the region they were in was about 150 kilometers. It was like Nepal. Maybe it was bigger. It might have been 15,000 kilometers in like yeah somewhere somewhere in Nepal on the Himalayas. Um, and there's only like 10 snow leopards in that whole region, yeah. so it would have been really really difficult to find one. And he did see one. It was just too far away to photograph. But so he photographed some tigers. Yeah. Um, and this festival called, I'm not going to pronounce this right, but it was Holy, I think. It was H-O-L-I. Okay. Um, which is like this, I don't know what it exactly. It's like a, 
there's a lot celebration of, stuff. of the coming of spring, mm-hmm. and it's like just like a, it's a celebration of the coming of spring and like the, like good triumphing over evil, and it's just like about like being like happy and like being mm-hmm. nice to people and stuff. And I so, think that his photography provided a really interesting insight into that culture. Cause yeah, I've never heard of that festival, but it was like really breathtaking. With yeah, all the paint they had like a lot. There was like a couple parts to it that he showed. One of them was the powder paint that they throw, or and even liquid paint that they throw just like on everybody, and everybody's colorful and stuff. And then there was that like uh, f- fire bridge or whatever, like that the archway that they everybody walk through, and, and you walk through it, and it means you're gonna have like a good year that next year. Yeah, I had never even heard of this festival, um, which I think is super interesting, and I never experienced. I never watched. I don't watch a lot of documentaries as a whole, but I didn't know that like. I would think that as a wildlife photographer, especially if you're like, I got to go or I'm supposed to go get pictures of a snow leopard, that you're going to be like hunting them down. But he's like, the snow leopard's way over there. And they, they were kind of like, let's not chase it down. And it's kind of plays into that first one where it's like, you got to respect the animals. You respect them and you're, you're cautious and careful um, and you're going to get better photos. It's not about forcing. It's about some, capturing the moment rather than mm-hmm. forcing the moment. And exactly. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, but he was the guy. The pho- the uh, photographer Richard was like super open and friendly. I didn't really, like with the culture and with like I said with uh, respect towards the animals that he was photographing or f- photographing photographing. Words are hard, Tom. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but yeah, it was really really good episode. Really interesting. And like I said, all all these episodes are super pretty and uh, nice to look at. So it's really interesting. Um, bit of that. And episode three uh, was also really good, but probably my least favorite episode because it didn't really talk about culture or anything like that or animals or anything like that it was about a kind of a lifestyle or hobby yeah like the the photographers were like taking (coughs) pictures of a like a adventure sports Mm -hmm. and it was like primarily in the united states so it wasn't like you know too far out there in terms of like what you know we're Mm -hmm. like used to yeah so she had uh, she covered free diving and paragliding um and it's something interesting about this one uh was that the free diving she talked about in the free diving one was that they're like she's she's like before she even got to where she was gonna photograph what she like before she even got there she was like I already know what the photograph is in my head I got this beam of light and I got this depth of the water and I'm gonna capture all this I already know everything that's the photograph is gonna be before she even got to the location and saw like what it looked like which is super interesting I, I always think of like Photography is like, wow, that looks really nice. I'm going to capture that in a photograph instead of I have a photograph in my head. I'm going to go make that. It's kind of more like art in that way. Yeah, like painting in a sense, but like with like real things. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really cool because she had mentioned she had that idea for the picture. I think it was like two years prior or something. Oh, really? I did. I missed that. Yeah, I think that's I'm pretty sure that's what she said. But that's so cool that she Mm -hmm. like went out and did that. And I think she talked about like how like really like cathartic Mm -hmm. that was like just doing that and like. Yeah, it was really interesting to watch that that particular chunk of the episode. And it was also interesting because some of the other ones, like, they have a passion like that. First guy had a passion for, like, the ocean and animals, and the second guy didn't really say, but, like, you could tell that he was very interested in all these experiences. And this one is, like, she's covering, like, a big part of her identity, this thrill-seeking side, because she actually was a paraglider, and she got in that accident, and she hurt herself, but she just gets back out there, and she's photographing it and having fun with it. Uh, again with it um, so I think it was super interesting it was more of like that one maybe more than others was kind of an insight into people like her as a person instead of like people it was rather about her like yeah. the the individual photographer then yeah that makes sense uh, and I f- want to point out my favorite part was the part where the uh, people were doing like the uh, what do you call it 
the uh, the, the, oh, I the line. About like yeah. they're balancing on this like this, the tightrope thing yeah. in like a canyon type thing. And uh, this guy he walks out and it starts getting windy and his beanie blows off and he's like, oh no, my sister made that beanie. <laughs> and it was like really kind of like sad but like also awkward. Uh, that was that the same guy. I don't. I don't. I that part's hazy for me. Was that the same guy that was like, "I'm a screamer"? I th- I think so. There's the guy yeah. that's like, "I'm a screamer," and then when he walks across the, I don't even know what to call it. It's tight like a tightrope. Rope, yeah. Uh, he just like screams he and just have some balance, and it's. I thought that was really funny. He says it makes him feel powerful, <coughs> or something. Which I believe. You know, they say that this is off topic a little bit, but they say that if you're arm wrestling or whatever, if you scream or grunt or whatever, it actually increases your strength or something like momentarily okay let's test that out little tidbit right now we're gonna have an arm wrestle (laughs) i won that's how fast it was i believe it (laughs) okay moving on episode four features art wolf and he photographs brown bears and wildebeests um and i think some other stuff this is the same guy that photographed some lions he he goes to africa yeah Uh, he also uh took pictures of gorillas oh yeah yeah is that this episode as well yeah it was uh brown bears and gorillas yeah um, this guy, I think, had the best personality oh, out for of sure. all of them. He was, like, super lighthearted and fun, and he just, like, again, kind of going back to that first guy, Darren Jew, he had, like, a lot of respect for it, uh, for the life. Um, yeah, like, he's photographing these gorillas. He even says there's a part where he's in, like, an open spot, and there's, like, 15 gorillas around him, and he's, like, two of them are silverbanks, which are, like, can be super dangerous, and he's, like, they're just 15 feet away, and he's, like... I'm not going to force my way, like, in there. And, like, he's photographing the baby, and he, like, gets close, but he's still through the branches, like, taking photographs of this thing because he doesn't want to, like, create a thing, like, with the mother or anything like that, which is also the same part where the mother reached out and smacked at him. Yeah, and he, like, quick got away. But, like, the huge thing was is, like, he was trying to emphasize, like, I did not see Mm -hmm. the mother gorilla at all. The brush was, like, so thick. Mm -hmm. And he was just, like, laughing about it, and it was so, like, enjoyable and, Mm -hmm. like, fun to watch because... He was freaking out, but he like just was just caught up in the beauty of the mm-hmm. the whole situation. So it was like a really cool thing to watch. I think this one also provided more like information on what he was photographing than yeah. the rest of them, um, because like Darren G photographed the whales, but he didn't really talk about the whales as an animal a whole lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit, but like not as much as this guy yeah, for th- sure. He like talks about. Um, Specifically, when talking about the bears, he like talks about a lot of these like mating patterns and stuff like that. Yeah, like where he'll like try to starve some of the bears out so that way their children die, so that the the male bear can like impregnate the female bear to pass on stronger genes and stuff like that. He talked about bears a whole lot, and I thought it was super interesting as he's photographing them. He's also standing in the middle of this river where bears are like hunting for salmon. Like they're like less than five feet away, and they're yeah, just they're like right there. And they they said that like they're just so used to seeing people and stuff like that that they don't even care. They're like, I want the salmon. I'm all about the same. He's like, which seems crazy because if I was like, if I was a photographer and I was supposed to photograph brown bears, like I'd be crapping my pants standing in the middle of the river where there's like five brown bears around me all hunting. They talk about like the the brown bears, was is this Alaska or something or Um, up in Canada? I I don't remember where this Ah, was. Dang it. But like they're supposed to be like the biggest bears. Oh yeah. Like on earth. And the dude's just in a river taking pictures of them like feet away like it's crazy and it was really cool to, to watch it because like it's they're definitely a new interesting perspective on them yeah definitely um I was trying to see if I could find where that episode was um hmm what I was trying to see if I could find where this episode was um Alaska you're right yep okay 
And then he also goes to um, Africa and he photographs wildebeests and lions and stuff like that. And he, he wanted to, he, the other thing was like for art, he just kind of similar to art is like you always want to create something new. You don't want to redo what you've done yeah. before. And so he gets like a camera strapped to like this little RC thing and he like gets a ground level shot of all these li- like lion cubs playing with this. It was like, so thing. cute. That was like the best part. Oh my gosh. And like they like eat up this camera, but they get all these photographs. These are like amazing photographs that are like from a totally new perspective that people don't really see instead of like, yeah, the cubs right there face level. And then he says like, that's a camera you're going to want to keep for the rest of your life when you're an old man because you, you know, look at it and remember that that yeah. moment. Which, so yeah, that was a really good episode. One of my favorites for sure. Um, then episode five uh, features Peter Eastway, and he goes to Antarctica and South Georgia. Uh, not America, but uh, I think it's the other Russia. Georgia. In Russia, yeah. <laughs> so this one was more like history in like unique photography styles um, than it was on like f- what he's photographing, stuff like that. Because he talks a lot about this. I don't remember the guy's name. But he talks a lot about this prior photographer that captured a lot of this same like landscape that he draws a lot of inspiration from he did a whole lot of history with it and something interesting about this one i think this one more than the others he treats photography as art um because he says basically everyone can take a photo of the same thing and it means nothing so what you do is you take it he takes them and he edits them like he'll highlight not say highlight but like darken regions or kind of like almost he'll uh, instagram it he'll edit them and he says, everyone can take the same photo, but editing allows you to make the photo how you think it should look. Yeah. Which is interesting. I never thought about photographers as, like, changing the photo how it really looks. to something that they're like, this is how I think it should look. Like, more. this is how I felt in this moment. Yeah. This is what my experience felt like. And, if yeah, it definitely felt more uh, artistic than some of the other ones. Because the other ones For just, sure. like, photographs. We'll get a new perspective. We'll do something new with it. And this one's like, I'm going to change the photograph. Not entirely, but, like very like I'm gonna change it it's gonna be something different than when we started and I think that was really interesting he also put like a lot of emphasis on like the act of like printing out your your photo mm-hmm. and then like hanging it up and like you know just having that and I thought that was like really cool to listen to him talk about yeah so th- uh, this one and also yeah there's lots of like really good footage of Antarctica on glaciers and stuff like that really good really good stuff like, was it like sea lions and like penguins and stuff yeah there was a shot I think it was I'm not sure if it was in this one or another documentary we watched. It might have been another one where they're like photographing the seashore where there's like a boat and there's just like talking about something else. There's just like, yeah, a sea lion just on the shore and they never address it. And I'm like, what? Um, but yeah, it was really good. Uh, episode six goes back to Art Wolf. Um, and he's photographing some some other cultures, some remote places, uh, some remote cultures that are kind of untouched by Western civilization in the Amazon, I believe is where he went. Yeah. But he's, he photographs the Huli people and the Surma people and their culture. He says he, like, he drew on this as, like, he wants to do this because... Uh, like, Western culture could eventually, in the future, like, have that influence. Yeah. And these uh, tribes, these cultures could never be the same again because of that and he, and he wants to like really kind of frame that mm-hmm. uh for the future so that we have something to look back on and i know that these one these people obviously aren't animals or anything but he also treated the photographs in this a very similar way they treated like that the other photographers treated like the animals with like being respectful and stuff like he was super respectful and like open-minded towards this like cultures that he didn't really know anything about like, like i had never heard of that lip disc thing and i was like this is kind of weird but he was just like this is amazing I gotta photograph yeah. this and actually the woman I read this the woman that he photographed with the big lip disc that he was like wow this is bigger than anything I've ever seen she actually was subsequently recognized in the Guinness World Records for having the largest lip disc wow 
yeah super interesting i didn't even know it's like has a whole lot of history he adds like a whole lot of history to the culture and like provides a whole lot of insight to it um a lot of interesting um beliefs and stuff that they do traditions as yeah it was super interesting like and this is the art wolf guy again the guy did the bears and stuff and like he's like, a, yeah. like the best personality he's like super light-hearted and like you definitely it's fun to watch him because he seems very informed about what he's photographing he's not just like taking photographs to like show something he's like i want to tell more tell a story or tell what's happening in here and kind of you know prolong this which i think is really good but uh, any final thoughts on tales by light uh in terms of like the the lip disc thing i thought it was interesting that he brought up when he was talking to i believe it was like his translator Mm -hmm. uh for those tribes like he brought up like how the lip disc was used to like deform uh like tribe women when the slave Mm -hmm. people came uh, so that they wouldn't be taken away. Mm. But now, since then, it has been, like, transformed into, like, a sign of, like, beauty rather than, you know... Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was, like, really interesting because, like, we have that, and then we have here in, like, you know, uh, the Western world, like, people, like, put, like, paint on their faces, like, to make themselves look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Whereas there, it's, like, they stick, like, a giant ring in their lip. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's just, like, really interesting and uh, cool to, like, think about. Absolutely. Like how different cultures have different forms of like beauty and what they consider mm-hmm. to be to be beauty. Absolutely. So any final? Th- I think no, uh, that, was, that was pretty much my final thoughts. Okay, <laughs> I just found on tales by light as a whole. I think that this it kind of reminded me of Planet Earth a little bit in terms of like how great it looks and how like informative it can be um, about photography and then about the subjects that they're photographing. For sure. I really think it should have got like some kind of Emmy nomination. Like I thought it was really really well done. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, really check this one out. If I had to recommend, if you are unsure and you just want to uh, watch it one episode or something to before you jump into the whole thing, I really recommend um, either Art Wolf's episode, which is episode four or six. Episode four features animals, if that's your thing. And then episode six is more about um, some native cultures. Choose episode one if you like whales. If you like whales, episode one. There you go. So let's move on because we got two more documentaries still to cover. Um, they should be shorter. And we have a sky ladder, the art of Tsai Guo Chiang or Chong. Um, Chiang. And, and he's this. Chi- he was Chong. born in China, and he's he's an artist who likes to work with gunpowder and kind of I don't want to say fireworks, but it's very similar looking. Some of the stuff, it's really amazing stuff. This one kind of shows the heart that goes into art like he wants to be innovative he wants to create something new he wants to break away from these past traditions especially because his father excuse me his father was an art traditional chinese artist and he lived under the the mao years in china and as soon as mao reigned like he they wanted nothing traditional and so he had to stop his art and he's kind of like breaking away from that and he's like i'm gonna create something new something, something contemporary doing yeah exactly and it kind of shows um the di- this growth because there's a lot of old video footage of him like as a younger person working towards his art and then him now who's like w- arguably one of the biggest contemporary artists of our time I'd never actually heard of him yeah but he like he uh, actually did the the Beijing Olympic uh, opening ceremony which is amazing because like honestly that from my memory that's like my favorite opening ceremony that they've ever done yeah a lot of people yeah Harold is the best the fact that he did it is like so cool like he was in charge of everything mm-hmm. And they also did this, the, the APEC, which I don't remember what the, the anagram is, um, but is it's anagram, right? Acronym, excuse me. Acronym is, but it's like this big world leaders conference for economics. And he did like a show there and it kind of shows his like struggle because he's like, 
I don't want to just do a fireworks show. Like, he wants to have meaning behind it. Yeah, he's like, I want story. I want uh, video. He wants to incorporate something new into it, a video footage. Um, He wants to be political. And the thing is, it's a world conference. He's like, it's really difficult to mix art and politics. But he's like, but I kind of feel like I have to. And they kind of are like, no, you can't do any video footage. No, you can't do any story. So he's like, just got to be this art. And he's like, well, then when's the point where it becomes just a, a fireworks show like why am I even here and then, and then I don't remember who the woman was if it was his wife or his daughter or something or just a friend who was like I think he knows that the value was lost in there so I or the, the true meaning behind it was lost so I don't know why he kept doing it kind of shows his dedication now, another thing that shows dedication is the name of the thing the sky ladder this thing that he's worked four ta- four attempts to finally get up, to get off the ground literally um, huh. and it's and it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, thanks. That was quite funny. Um, it's just like ladder that is kind of symbolic of our connection to the rest of the universe. It's just uh, like half a kilometer, I think you said, or a kilometer yeah. tall like light show almost. That's like fireworks. That's just this large ladder um, carried by a hot air balloon. And it's like he tried four times to get it off over many years, and finally he gets it. And like that's the peak of the film um, is this thing. And every, it's like kind of shows his dedication to his art. And he's like, yeah. I have this idea. I've had it for so long. Kind of like the photographer who was like, I have this image in my head for two years of what this photograph is going to be. Now let's do it. He's like, I have this image in my head of what this skylighter is going to be. I'm going to do it. And it's also kind of interesting that he was so dedicated to the art that it was a secret show. Like he had fa- uh, family there and this people on this tiny Island were there but they couldn't broadcast it at all because it would have been super illegal and would have been shut down so he's like I just got to do this on my own time and it's just as more for him or, and his family than it is for like, anybody else yeah which I think is super interesting in terms yeah. of art it yeah. was really touching because he dedicated it to his grandmother who was such like a big influence mm-hmm. in his childhood because she had always been there and uh, was like a big advocate for him to do his art and she was always saying you can be this great artist mm-hmm. And she so was a hundred years old. She was a hundred years old, and she she lived to see him create mm-hmm. the the sky ladder, which was amazing. But it was so sad because at the end of the film, they say she had died a month afterwards. It's kind of it's it is sad, really but sad. it's beautiful. Yeah, I was gonna say it's almost beautiful in a way that's like it's almost like she was living just to see that final thing that he made for her. Yeah, and it was like that's so cool. A lot of interesting stuff in there with his family as a whole, like his uh, his grandma and then his father, who's who is incredibly ill as well. Um, it kind of shows his heart and his dedication, both his art and his family, and his the way to connect them to. And this guy is actually super inspiring. Like you'd think, like uh, we gotta speed it up. Not uh, this. Uh, you would think that's. I don't want to call it fireworks, but his gunpowder show would be like, wow, that's just really pretty to look at. But he's like, he created a nine part series and or nine part art installation. That's these things. And it's just like, he's like, I got a story in my head and he creates it. Something else interesting I liked about him was that he likes to work with unknown artists. It kind of in a way to keep him grounded because these are the people that are doing art. They're unknown. So they're just doing it for them. They're doing it for the joy of doing art compared to him who's also doing it for that, but he likes to, it's like kind of like a reminder. Um, his wife or whoever that woman was, I don't remember, said that it's really difficult to like keep, stay true to your art when at first you're making stuff for you that no one's seeing and then finally, and then years later, people are like, here's $2 million for our art installation or art show or whatever, do whatever you want to do with it. It's like, your fight or no what she said was the first time they were trying to do a fireworks show or, or I don't know say fireworks gunpowder show it was show like an explosion in show a nuclear test f- 
facility and he was like having to fight a, fight people to get it done compared to people saying yeah here's two million dollars do whatever you want and it's like it's really hard to remain humble and remain true to your heart when they're when you go it's such vast extremes on both sides there so yeah super interesting um and kind of inspiring piece I think absolutely uh the, the just the the journey that the guy had gone through mm-hmm. from you know the beginning when he was a young man talking about like his time with his father and his grandmother to where he is at now you know being like so famous as he is mm-hmm. and still doing like awesome pieces and like displays with the with the uh, explosion shows it's fantastic I think my favorite part of the film was like the uh I mean, I could refer to it as a film, but like it mm-hmm. felt like a work of art. Yeah. The direction was fantastic. The cinematography was amazing. Uh, the there's a moment where it's like he was putting on the explosion. So I think it was like the nine, the nine part one you're referring mm-hmm. to. They had it set up on this like giant boat. It was I forget what what town it was, but it was in China. And there's like a lot of people with like uh, ponchos and like umbrellas and stuff, and they're there to watch it. And like they launch off this like powder. It was gunpowder, mm-hmm. and it was like multicolored, and it was like, it was amazing. It's like something to to behold. Like mm-hmm. I, I wish I could have been there because that was really cool. Yeah, and I think it's kind of weird that I've never heard of this guy before yeah. this documentary, and like he's apparently so huge, and he's doing these um, this amazing work, and yeah, I just never never heard of him. It's 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 a sh- it's a shame people should know about him. So mm-hmm. I definitely would rec- recommend watching this documentary. It was mm-hmm. actually like really cool. I agree. So any final thoughts on Skyladder? Uh, just thought it was a really good documentary for sure. Okay, and then we'll move on to uh, Art of Conflict, which is probably the one least focused on art. It's more about um, history, but uses art as kind of this bridge. It talks about Northern Ireland and Ireland. I don't know. If it's, I think it's just called Ireland. Um, yeah. Well, there's like I didn't know if it was like Republic of Ireland or something like that. Uh. But there's Northern Ireland and Ireland. Northern Ireland is British controlled and it's kind of and it's this folks around the city called Ulster where they paint murals um there's two sides there's loyal it's very like it kind of reminded me a whole lot of like the revolution the American revolution because there's loyalists people that are loyal to Britain they want Northern Ireland to stay British and there's republicans um who want a united Ireland they want Northern Ireland to be part of just Ireland as a whole and they use these murals to like display their sides and apparently I had zero idea about this conflict at all and I felt super ignorant watching this film because it's like so amazing like a uh, whole piece of history that like you just had no idea about and especially because it was so recent um, so this was like 60s even up until the 90s and early 2000s and even still today there's it's very much less but it's still there it's about this difference between yeah like I said the loyalists and republicans who are the uh, Protestants with the Catholics. Um, it's this huge piece of history. It's super violent. Thousands died over this thing, and I had no idea anything about it. Um, so basically, it really highlights this, I don't want to say segregation, but like this separation between these two people that are living. And this, this, a lot of the Protestants, there's a guy, there's a Protestant, he was saying that he has a Catholic person that lives down the street from him who all of his neighbors, they never talk to. He never He's never talked to. They wow. just don't talk to them at all because they're Catholic. Um, and that there's like even like there's communities separated and there's a wall that goes in between the Catholic and Protestant communities because they're so separated. Um, they, they just s- like demonize each other based on their religion. Uh, yeah, and like their pl- their beliefs on like a separated in Ireland and all this stuff. But pretty much, yeah, that's crazy. Um, and this is all like last forty years, less than that. Wow. Which is I thought was like insane. That's something you'd think like yeah, eighteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, long ago. 
And then uh, they even talked about Catholic people in Ireland didn't have a right to vote until like the 70s. Really? It was, yeah, insane. It was like, we, it was like in America, we had 1968, we have our civil rights movement with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and all that kind of stuff. And then he was a huge inspiration for them to Catholic, I shouldn't say Catholics didn't have a right to vote. Right to vote was still based on property ownership. And there was a huge discrimination against Catholics in Ireland because they were Catholic. Um, So there was this huge, like, yeah, they couldn't own land because they couldn't buy land. They couldn't buy a house, so they couldn't vote. And it was like it was like insane to think. I'm like I had no idea that this was going you think on. Think of like right to vote based on property as something that's like colonial times America. You don't think about that as 70s and 60s Ireland. Like that's so recent and so crazy to think about. And I had no idea about it. But yeah, there's like tons of violence uh, involved in this conflict. There's the IRA. Um, I don't remember what the A is for, but it's Ireland Republic Army, maybe something like that. Um, and then there's the British government, which is pretty much on the loyalist side, obviously. And there's like children are dying. People, children are getting, there's like all these different, like if you've heard of Bloody Sunday. No, no. It's a U2 song, but it's like this thing where tons of people died. There's, um, Bloody Friday. There's, uh, plastic bullets where like children are getting murdered in this event. Jeez. Irish car bomb, I believe was also involved in, was also a piece of this. You know, pe- people talk about the drink, but like, that's what it was based on. There's like, bom- they said that one year there was a thousand explosions that went off, uh, in, in Ulster or, or around that, t- around that town, which is like the central for the, or the center of all the fighting. That's a thousand bombs. That's like three a day roughly or whatever that's insane that's to think crazy. about that there's so much violence yeah thousands are dying there's um political prisoners involved in this event like in prisons there was internment these people would just get um arrested put in a prison and then never tried never prosecuted but they're stuck in prison so these like murals then these murals are then are, trying like, to encapsulate like the emotions these people are feeling yeah so they'll be like memorials to people that were killed memorials to like martyrs that were killed in the event to events that happened to their beliefs um it's like kind of yeah, acts as a connection a way to like and they said at the end it was like it was more about expressing their beliefs and then at the end it became more of like enabling the uh fighting uh so it's showing different perspectives on on yeah, the art. Under phrase this, it was like yeah. At the beginning and as it started, it was like this is how I feel, and people were saying like they're proud. To have, a lot of people were proud to have these murals if they were supported their beliefs. They are proud to have these murals on their buildings because they're just like houses. And there's just like thousands of them, and some of them are in busy spots. They'll get painted one day, then they get painted over the next day into something else because it's like it's a it's a spot that everybody sees, so they got to keep seeing it, keep sending this message. So this one was more the art was so much about sending a message than any of the other ones, I think. Um, but yeah, they said that in the end it became more of an enabling factor instead of a expressing factor. It just caused people to keep fighting. So um, eventually they painted, and this as this conflict settled in like late '90s, early 2000s, even um, they finally decided to like cover some of the more um, graphic. I don't want to say graphic, but like controversial, inflammatory ones okay. up. Controversial works too. Um, and so they had um, a loyalist mural painter um, and a Republican mural painter, and they worked together on a lot of on a painting. And they're more about issues now, like they're like thanking teachers. They're just about pride as a whole, or just people as a whole, uh, commemorating things like that. And it's more it's less divisive. It's more uniting. Unifying. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, another thing was that I thought was interesting was that you think 
there's like it's such a weird thing. I didn't know anything about it. It happened so recently and they that America was such an influence on these people, the Republicans and the Loyalists, because like a lot of these murals, Martin Luther King Jr. is in them, Frederick Douglass is in them, which is hundred and like not hundred years, maybe like hundred years before Martin Luther King Jr. And it's kind of interesting, I didn't realize, and they talk about America a whole lot throughout the film, and there's like a whole lot of controversy with like, Florida was supplying the Loyalists with arms and stuff like that. Wow. It's super, there's a whole lot of history to it, and, and like I said, like the murals serve more of as like a connection to like, look Historical. at this, and then look at so much deeper, it goes so much deeper, it's more than just a painting. Um, something interesting about this film is that uh, it was narrated and produced by Vince Vaughn. Like the comedian guy. Yeah, which just seems from like, like Dodgeball and yeah, all those movies. Which seems totally out of his element, but like good on him for doing that. Yeah. Like it's it was so interesting. Like promoting awareness of all these like really important mm-hmm. things that happen that a lot of people just don't even know about. Yeah, and uh, I like I said, I think like so you look at the various documentaries we talked about, like a skylighter photography, it's like it's about showing the world kind of and kind of showing all these the cultures and stuff like that. Um you have Skylighter and this guy who's like about dedication to art and innovation and being new and being you know dedicated to your art and your family and all that stuff you have Art of Conflict which is entirely different it's about art as a message um, so I think that they, all these documentaries kind of cover a different thing and it's really amazing oh, something else I want to talk about about Skylighter that I just remembered was that he was super dedicated to making all the gunpowder firework things biodegradable yeah. which kind of links back to a lot of stuff with Tales by Light and all the animals and how they want to protect the environment which is really cool yeah, so Art of Conflict, really good. I think it was the most... I I liked uh, light, uh, Tales by Light a whole lot. Art of Conflict was probably my the most interesting one. I was super engaged the entire time. I didn't know what to expect, but it was, like, really, really, really good. So I highly recommend you check that one out. If I have to say... That one's... And uh, Skylighter and Art of Conflict are about an hour, 15 minutes, hour, 20 minutes long. So they're not too long. And then, since... Uh, Tales by Light is a docu-series. It's six 20-minute episodes, so it's about two hours if you watch it as a whole. You can so knock it out in change. a day. Yeah, we watched them all, or I watched them all last night, and you watched most of them last night, so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, really good. So if I have to say one you want to check out, Art of Conflict, um, that's really, really good. Skylighter is really, really good, but Art of Conflict is probably my pick. Um, if you're going to watch any of these, watch that one. Do you have a pick? Uh, maybe Skylighter. I really like that one. I thought the, uh, the message and the story behind that guy and his work and his family and his life I thought that was like really interesting to, to watch and learn about but that that pretty much wraps it up okay, for this want, episode do you want to give us some plugs yeah I'll give us some plugs you can follow us on twitter at CMU underscore Netflix club even though I don't have access to it right now but we're going to get that back real we soon we should create a Facebook page yeah we, we can make a Facebook page does it off the podcast conversation that's okay would you guys listen? Would you guys want to want a Facebook page? I feel like I do a lot of my promoting over Facebook in general already, so maybe yeah. it wouldn't hurt. There you go. Uh, well, maybe we'll do that. So you can follow us on Twitter, maybe eventually a Facebook page. And if you want to listen to us, you can listen to us on the CMU uh, website, cmu-life.com. Uh, I think it's cm-life. Cm-life. Hyphen. C- you're putting the hyphen in a wrong oh spot. Gosh. I think uh, it's cm-life. Is that correct? That's like, we get an approval there. Alex says, that's right. So, you can follow us there, listen to it there. You could also listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes, mm-hmm. on the CM Life uh, iTunes and SoundCloud pages. Uh, that pretty much wraps it Wait, up. Wait, hold for on. What? I just want to say what? that next week, we're going to be talking about It Follows, the horror movie. So, strap in. It's a 
It's a doozy. It's one of my favorite horror movies, so I can't wait to argue about it. All right. So, thanks for listening. This has been Netflix Club. Bye. Emerging from the great dumpster fire that was 2016, Ben Solis and Noah Bayshore find themselves ready to take on anything 2017 has to throw at them. Whether it be taxes, George Clooney's nipple suit, or Shia LaBeouf memes, these gentlemen are ready for a super fight. Will Ben ever recover from Birdemic? Will Noah ever grow a real beard? Tune in to the next season of Raving Geeks for all your nerd news and musings from CM Life's premier geek culture podcast. Geek culture. Hey guys, if you're liking this podcast and others, always check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live. You can also check us out at cm-life.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook and our Twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on campus.